We are back, ladies and gentlemen, tailgaters. Town tailgate is not stopping. California may be on a COVID lockdown, but that does not stop me and Julio from podcasting and talking baseball. Isn't that right? Damn right. So this week we uh, talk a little bit of free agency move. Not too much. A little bit quiet on the Western front for baseball, but we got some big moves. Uh, one of them is heading to Georgia. Then some trade rumors going around with the Cubs. Um, Theo Epstein, um, a strange little uh, career move for him. And, of course, the Hall of Fame ballot for this season. Do we think any of these guys are going to get in there? I guess you got to find out. And then what's up, Julio? And finally, we have our first verified guest on the show. That's right, Jessica Kleinschmidt. You may know her from NBC Sports Bay Area, as well as her multiple podcast series with Bok Talk and Corked Up. She's going to be joining us to talk about how the 2020 season was different uh, as covering for the A's compared to previous years. And plus, we're going to have a little Thanksgiving edition of uh, I've had a few beers to kind of see what free potential free agents will look good in Oakland or what wacky trades we really think about the hot takes are coming um so let's start talking ball Well, tailgaters and A's fans, uh, California is on lockdown again because coronavirus is way up again, but it's just kind of how we live in this world. So Julio and I are wearing masks the entire show, um, even though we're in separate places, um, but this is what's how it's going to be. And my, I'm just, we're not going to wear these masks the entire time. I'm just kidding. I just wanted to show off my festive mask that my parents bought what me is, for, yeah. um, Is that like a reindeer? Ranger? Yeah, bro. It's, uh. Oh, shit. That's pretty tight. It's just reindeers hanging out with Christmas sweaters on. Um, they wanted us to take a, uh, because we can't do, I'm going to take this off now. Yeah, I got for it. Uh, I got the, uh, for because... those who listen to the podcast, I got like the OG Universal Studios Hollywood sign. Oh, it's pretty. It's, yeah, pretty, it's pretty cool. Cute. I'm very jealous. Um, they they bought us. My parents bought me and my brother and sister um, these festive masks because since we can't all be in the same place for a Christmas photo this year, um, they wanted us to all take individual photos with the masks on, and then they're going to put together. But then they scrapped that idea. But I figured it's festive, so I'm going to wear it all month, just like. Um, I wore my mustache all November, and it's going to be going off tomorrow. Can't wait. <laughs> Dude, I, what are you talking about? You know, how, how, on a scale of one to ten, how porn starry do I look? Uh, Ron Jeremy getting convicted to gun for prison level. So, uh, again, this is a scale of one to ten, not a phrase, but, you know. That's like a 20. <laughs> okay. Good thing it's going tomorrow. All right. Anyways, um, welcome. We're back. It's been a couple weeks. You think that's going to scare our guests later? Probably. I will see. Um, <laughs> welcome back to the Talent Tailgate Podcast. That was Julio Renoso. I'm Chris Madrigal. Renoso. God damn. What is going I fumbled on two words, Renoso. bro. Chill, chill out. Renoso. Um uh, MLB offseason's going on, Julio, but... um. 
other than that, baseball is at a much of a standstill, only a few moves. So what have you been trying to do with your, your free time? Um, you can't really tell because I'm in our, our office and of our, and when he is in his apartment, but I went balls deep Christmas decorations. Uh, love Christmas. Christmas is awesome. There's a couple thing. There's like an OG, like Homer Simpson as Santa Claus thing back there. Uh, oh, that's what that yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. A little um, he talks and stuff too. I've had it for years. Um nice. but doing that, uh watching a lot of football, because that's all we got right now. Foosball. College basketball just came back, so you could watch that. Yeah. Also, I've been watching uh The Queen's Gambit on Netflix. I've been hearing a shit ton of good things about that show. How is it? It's great. It's really good. Uh yeah. Uh, it's uh, Anya Taylor Joy. Right, it's from it's it sucks. The yeah. only thing I remember seeing her in is the New Mutants, and the New Mutants was no, but she's also in that movie Glass, and um, I didn't see the movie before. Neither did I. I don't those movies because I heard awful. it was ass. Yeah, and then uh, the James McAvoy standalone one before that, um, and then she was in some like horror movie. I forgot what it's called. She's in a bunch of stuff. Like, I think that's the, the witches first time or something like that. I've seen her act. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's really good. She's a uh, and she thoroughbreds that was a really good movie that she was in um she's a good actress oh, yeah. but also just yeah, video yeah. games else but you well, but speaking you of right video now. games you showed me something pretty awesome i don't know if you have it on hand with you right now to show it off i don't it's over by my <sighs> my 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 wii device so you already spoiled a little bit but you got your wii but it's not for Wii though. It's 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 actually technically a GameCube game. But GameCube, you're you can play or Wii, you can play GameCube games on. Yeah. So I recently moved into my new apartment, and I'm tried to think of like, especially during like COVID lockdown, like ways to entertain myself and guests potentially potentially come over, friends who want to hang out, uh, since we can't go to the bars and whatnot, which we probably shouldn't anyway. So my parents um, brought down my Wii. Um, Nintendo Wii for that's for the listeners, not weed, <laughs> not marijuana, uh, Nintendo Wii. Um, so I could play like Wii sports and stuff like that. And I was like, Oh, you know what? Like, you know, it'd be fun. Like playing the old GameCube games. Cause that's the game system that I kind of grew up with. So I picked up, got on Amazon for $4, the greatest sports video game of all time. In my opinion, MVP Baseball 2005, Manny Ramirez in the cover. That game, dude, owner mode in that game is the most fun just franchise like game mode that you can fucking play in in any sports game. Like forget Madden franchise or fantasy mode, forget fucking I don't know. I mean, whatever the fuck they do, that is so much fun, especially I mean, it's 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 yeah. That game got me into fantasy sports basically. You know, as like the resident video gamer here when you said like best sports game i'm like i was thinking right now i'm like fuck you're probably right it's at least top five because it'd be like there's i mean there's people there's depending on what your preference is for sports i think that also definitely like takes into effect like ncaa 2006 was hella good um madden 2004 was really good i was gonna say madden 04 is like the go-to and like the ogs the like nba jam tech mobile yeah yeah. Uh, of course you can't NFL forget street. about you can't nfl street nba street you can't forget about mm-hmm. like super mario sluggers super mario strikers dude like yes. there's super yeah. mario strikers yes uh, that's the game i need to get next julio yeah that's write, write that it down, down right write now. that shit down dude no you gotta yeah. get sluggers too sluggers rules 
I don't think I ever played Slugger. Slugger's just pretty... Dude, you know what's the game that's actually hella hard to find now? And if you can find it for a decent price for a GameCube, is Mario Kart Double Dash. Yes. Double so Dash. So I looked up Double Dash on, on Amazon because uh, that was the second game that I thought of because that's hands down, the, in my opinion, the best Mario Kart. Um, it's like, dude, it's like 60 bucks. Like, yeah. They charge up the ass for it. It's a fucking, yeah. I'm going to check out that video game store that you told me about in, in Burbank and see if maybe they have it for on the cheap or some shit. If you're in L.A. and you're looking for a game, the place called Game Dude. Game Dude in North Hollywood, Burbank area, but great stuff. Yeah. Um, God, what was I going to say, though? Double Dash. Follow follow them on Inst- on Instagram um, because they uh, update you and let you know which games just recently came in. Double Dash, though? Um, yeah, that was, for me, that was the best one until mm-hmm. this... Well, it's not new anymore, but like Mario Kart 8 is nuts. That game is so much fun. Like I've sp- I did play that at my buddy Sean's house the other day. It is really It's good. awesome. But yeah. uh, that's going to be a conversation for the eventual spinoff video game podcast. Yeah, if you ever actually do it, I've been for the listeners. I've been trying to push uh, Julio to do a video I just game know, podcast it, it, to launch on to launch on our podcast network. Do you want to? But he just buy like the new refused for me to, to do talk it. About? No, why would I buy them? You could talk. You don't have to talk about only new games. You don't have to talk about that. We can go into this later. Um, okay. Okay. Uh, uh, me and Xavier. Me and Xavier Gomez are are launching an, another podcast pretty soon. So keep a lookout for that um, on this network. Um, but. Other than that, I watched the John Belushi documentary last night on Showtime. Fantastic. There's so many things about him that I didn't know. And, like, so many clips. Because I like SNL, but I've never really watched the old SNLs. So, if you're looking for a good documentary, check that out. You, you kind of forget, like, how raunchy the old SNLs actually are. Like, some of the humor yeah. that they're saying on there. It's like... Yeah, dude. There's a reason they were, like, the not ready for primetime players. We actually... We talked yeah. on the phone like this, or about it last night, but... um we both finally came around to watching Trial of Chicago 7, too. Mm-mm. That was, uh, if you haven't seen it yet, definitely watch it. It's really good. Chris brought up a really good point that it's very much like feeding. It's liberal propaganda. Yeah, it's feeding liberals like, yeah, look yeah. at that. Damn police. Yeah. They took off their badges, which is probably true. God damn, man. But it's a great movie. I loved it. I mean, I'm a liberal, so obviously I like it. But, you know, it is it is like you know like it's like the it's like watching fox news like it's liberal propaganda basically now when but we do it, our eventual spin-off movie we'll, podcast we'll do that too last thing before we head in yeah if you had to pick one of the actors to be nominated for an oscar which actor would it be from that movie specifically yeah because some uh, mark rylance okay mark rylance yeah, easily cool. yeah mark he killed it. it as 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 the role of i forgot the name of the, the lawyer the um the lawyer but he was a, a known liberal rights lawyer back in the 60s and 70s he defended multiple like civil rights like people and hippies and stuff like that um he's pretty famous um yeah look him up he's really good he pretty much takes he take he like owns the entire movie in my opinion because the role of the main character is kind of ready edme who plays um oh fuck i forgot his name again tom something but he's like pretty underwhelming um so yeah um, all right, let's hop into some baseball talk there, because that's people what we're didn't here. come to this podcast to listen to video games and movies. Um, all right, so some free agency news, not much. There's only been one real big deal, um, which Charlie Morton just signed with the Braves. Um, I I forgot who tweeted this the other day. I think it was MLB. 
app or MLB account, um, best rotation in baseball question mark. And I retweeted yes. And it's like, for me, it's not even close. I mean, I try to think about other ones. Like, I guess you could argue the Mets, but like they're never healthy. So it's like really hard to put them in that conversation. Um, the Dodgers, the Dodgers, yeah, Dude, the Dodgers, okay. maybe. Well, well, but the gonna... Dodgers are young, man. The Dodgers are young. Yeah, but guess who they're going like... to be getting this off season? David Price. Yeah. So okay. So then it's David Price, Clayton Kershaw, um, Walker Bueller, uh, Walker Bueller, Dustin May, and um, Tony Gonsolin, Julio Urias. Mm-hmm. Like those are your, like that's six. And like you saw what Julio Urias did the thing, in the we've only... playoffs. They're st- like that. I yeah, still think that's I mean, the one to beat. I, I, it's hard to judge Urias and uh, Urias and uh, um, and uh, and Dustin May in in a sixty game season. Uh, two young guys who pretty much are showcasing for the first time in this season. I mean, Dustin May was a rookie, but Urias wasn't. He was a bullpen guy last year. I mean, year. you can say the so, same so thing it's about like, like Mike Soroka before he got hurt. Mike Soroka. Mike Soroka, but no, Mike Soroka pitched last year and he was really good last year or who's the, tim anderson or tim ian anderson, ian anderson yeah or ian anderson ian anderson it's but up there know, he he showed his stuff yeah yeah so uh, so go ahead yeah go. i'll say so charlie morton honestly he i knew it wasn't going to happen he was somebody i, I would kind of hope they would find a way to to get in there but he's pretty much like the hired gun that's what he's been these last few years uh he revitalize wrong his, with that yeah he, he revitalized his career in houston and then uh you went to the the tampa to tampa became a cy young contender last year he i don't think he finished top three this year but um to help him go to the world series you know what you're gonna get out of him and for a braves team that is yeah. super young was one game away from the world series now that you're going to have that dog who it doesn't matter when what time of the day where they're going to be playing you know you're going to have somebody who you can plug in and pitch in a pivotal playoff game without having to deal with that pressure. And that's something they but definitely Julio, needed last year. Julio, he's not starting game one in a series. I mean, he's definitely the dog, but he's not going to start. I mean, uh, Max Fried gets the ball first easily for me. And then maybe Mike Soroka, and then I would go Charlie Warden. But you do want that veteran who's been there, who's won a World Series, who's competed on World Series appearance teams the the like you know experienced vet who can handle the big moment you do kind of want that guy in your game three and game seven game so i mean i get what you're saying he's fucking old man 37 years old wow that's just something i want to be known good chuck honestly who knows like we've seen dudes like because what he's mostly like a two-seam fastball thrower if i remember right like yeah. two-seam change yeah, yeah. um yeah. i if he like kind of doesn't if he can avoid a major injuries if he stays in good shape because of those two being his main pitches i could see him pitching to like early 40s pull a cologne without the steroids but yeah maybe get a home run at uh, let's uh let's move on to the other moves uh malik smith went to the mets drew smiley went also to the braves so another pitcher um and our last but not least mike minor former oakland great has made his way on to leaving the a's and on to the royals um and with that being said we want to bring in a new segment i'll let julio introduce a new segment 
Welcome to the former Oakland Great Players Association. We have inducted our newest member to the former Oakland Great Association. Michael David Miner. 2020 to 2020. Stats. He went 1-1 one one in 5 games pitched. The 5.48 ERA with a whopping 27 strikeouts and 21.1 innings. Mike Miner, welcome to the former Oakland Great Association. Your coupon Bye. for nations will be delivered by mail. But not really. And Jerry's hot dogs. Yeah, but uh, Jerry's, Jerry's uh, oh, God, Casper's, Casper hot dogs. Um, Casper hot dogs. But real, real talk. We knew this was going to be a rent, a rental. Uh, yeah. He was. We talked about it a few months ago when they first made the trade for him. He was pretty much going to be more or less an upgrade from uh, 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 Mang- Daniel Mangden. and it was kind of a wash. Unfortunately, he had some bright spots, uh, but yeah. as soon as like he came in that first series against the Astros and he pitched was that game one or game two and he just got blown up, you're like, oh shit, maybe yeah, this wasn't the move, but this could be a good move for him. Going back to Kansas City, he revitalized his career there as a reliever back like in 2016, 2017. Um, who knows? Maybe he'll do it again. The Royals have kind of a fun team. They got a lot of young guys there with like... Uh, Alberto Mondesi and like Whit or Whit Merrifield, so good for him. Good for him. Get one more contract. They play in a shit division, but that shit division has some heavy hitters at the top. So I don't see them competing anytime soon. But hey, I mean, you got to go try and get your money, and this is kind of like a prove them deal. I feel like so. It is what it is. You just came off of a not this year, but last year, a Cy Young candidate season. So. There's definitely something still there. There's only one year away. All right, so we had some trade rumors around the MLB, mainly just one. Um, Chris Bryant has been being talked about being moved. Apparently, the Chicago Cubs are shopping him. Um, and the Nats are um, at the forefront of those talks. I would love him on the Nats, personally. Um, love. To have him take over that Rendon spot. More or less. Yeah, and he's not going to replace Rendon's stats, but he's going to be an improvement for I don't even know who played there last season. So, I mean, start with that. Oh, God, who was there? Third? I know it wasn't Howie. The reality of the situation is, like, it, there was a good evolution. Like, Rendon was their best player. He moves cool. Soto just started to kind of, like, um, show his stuff and um, really came into his own in that World Series run. Soto's their best player. They need some guys around him to help rally that. Trey Turner's amazing. Great, great, like, number two guy. Um, where do you go from there? Uh, off the top of my head, I'm totally blanking on who else is on their That's team. Pretty much, it, but, it was pretty much offensively last year. That was pretty much them. Uh, Victor Robles hasn't really lived up to the hype. Um, I, oh, well, when I was thinking of third base, Carter Keeboom is supposed to be, like, the next prospect. He's supposed to be the next guy in this this year he didn't really pan out, but that's not really on him because if you don't pan out, if he didn't pan out this year, I don't think it's the end of the world because it was so weird. But yeah, looking at this rotate, oh, this team, Adam Eaton, uh, Adam means Adam means solid player. Jan Gomes, I mean, there's definitely there's some and Kurt Suzuki. 
There's some talent, but yeah, they they need a they need a they definitely need a guy, um, a solid number two to to help out there. Um, I would. I, yeah, I mean, yeah. Oh, Starlin Castro too. Eh, I don't know. I feel like Starlin Castro kind of fell off ever since he left the the Cubs. Maybe that's because the Yankees didn't really do much. No, those I think two he years had an All Star year with the Miami. Yankees. I could be wrong. He did, but weren't they not very good? Uh, 20, 2017? No, 2017, that was when they went to the ALCS. Sure about that? No. Yeah, because that was the, um, was the ALCS? Azrubal Cabrera totally fell off. Um, Astrobal. Astrobal. Yeah, sir. So yeah, they could use some help. Yeah, Chris Bryant would be huge for them. Yeah, and you'd have to wonder, did you think because of, let's be real, Chris Bryant was pretty terrible this year. Do you think the yeah. asking price will be as high as it would have been? Obviously not what it would have been two years ago, but do you think somebody's going to pay up still? No, no, <laughs> no. I mean, he's had three, he's had three not very un, pretty three underwhelming seasons. Like now is definitely the time if you're gonna if you're gonna pick him up to to go for him one hundred percent. Now, do you want like I'm just wondering a hypothetical package? I think you'd probably have to throw in. Carter Keboom out there. Uh, so his full stats from last yeah, year. Yes, definitely. You de- you don't want him on the roster anyway. You don't want to create controversy at third base. Yeah, last year was easily his worst season of his career. Of a 62-game schedule, he only played 34. He hit 206. Uh, four home runs, 11 RBIs. Last year was just or was bad. But uh, 2019, he was actually an all-star. 2018... Um, he still had a good year, so he's never not had a terrible year, excluding this year. This is the only first mm. time he's had it. So, and he only had sixty games this season to prove that as well. Yeah, so exactly. A little different. It's just we're we're gonna talk about the Cubs a little more in a minute, but holy shit, what happened? Like, I thought I, for sure so, after twenty sixteen, like, damn, they're so young. They got all these guys. Like, this is a they're gonna be a dynasty, and then. I'll tell you what now. Right now, what happened? What happened was Chris Bryant had the one of the like best seasons in, that we've seen in the past few years. And though he is an amazing prospect, I I don't think it's realistic to think that he's gonna put up those numbers like Mike Trout like every single year. Uh, Javi Baez panned out to be their best player. That was a great situation. But Kyle Schwarmer was comp- insanely overrated. Um, Anthony Rizzo was at his prime at that time, so he's only going to do anything but dip down. He's had some solid seasons, but like not to the level of like the MVP type type level. Um, they had to figure out shortstop because Addison Russell is a shitbag and he beat his wife. Um, Jason Hayward, they signed to that massive contract and he did nothing. They got rid of their center fielder, Dexter Fowler. They shipped him to, 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 uh, St. Louis. Yeah. St. Louis. Um, they're pitching. I mean, all those guys were in their prime at that moment. Jake Arrieta, except for Kyle Hendricks. Jake Arrieta, Gone. John Lester. Like, all those guys are just fucking, like, they're old dudes. Like, they're not going to be put up the same numbers that they did that year. Kyle Hendricks had a down year the past two years, but this past year, 2020, he definitely stepped it back up. Um, 
what's his face? You Darvish was a disappointment up, up until this season. He had a huge bounce back year. I mean, like it goes on and on, man. It's just a lot of guys who haven't lived up to the potential. And one guy in particular, Kyle Schwarmer, I want to say it again because I've been saying it since the World Series run, so overrated. Like, so overrated, it's not even funny. Yeah, I'm looking at their uh, of, of their pitching from that year. Yeah, just kind of, Wade Davis was pretty solid. Of course, Wallace Chapman was there closing games out. Wade Davis isn't even a closer anymore. No, is yeah, he? Uh, is he? Where was he? Colorado? I don't remember. Right now. Um, but... Yeah, just they kind of hit lining in the bottle with that with that lineup. Their rotation did enough, but there's going to be some pretty. I think there's going to be some pretty big overhaul going with the Cubs, especially with this coming news. Um, Theo Epstein, the boy wonder who helped break the Red Sox curse and broke the Cubs curse, has stepped down from his position with the Chicago Cubs as the team president. Um pretty big deal we know his track record of everything he's done with the Sox. we saw what he did with the cubs and now he's 46 and more or less out of a job there were rumors about him potentially going to the mets some other teams but he's pretty much said that he's taken the year off but you've had other ideas about him. Yeah, I, I have a hot take on this one. So, Theo Epstein, okay, so it, it, we've been talking about it on this podcast for the past month. Nothing's happened yet, but we'll see. Billy Bean is a founder and owner of a venture capitalist firm that is devoted strictly to purchasing sports franchises and organizations. That was the firm that just bought and the rock is a part of this this organization this firm which is the reason why the rock got all of the uh all of the spotlight when this happened their firm just recently purchased the XFL and now they are in negotiations in purchasing the Fenway group which is the um which is the ownership group that owns the Red Sox, Liverpool um uh, uh football club um there's a plenty more I can't name off the top of my head LeBron happens to be a member of this group but they are selling a portion of the Red Sox. So his firm is looking to buy that portion of the Red Sox. And if that happens, Billy Bean will have a conflict of interest. He's not able to own two teams in Major League Baseball. He will have to sell. And for those of you who don't know your history with the A's, back in, I believe it was 2004, um, when, um, or maybe it's 2012, I don't know, uh, his or 2002, his negotiation Part of his um, his resigning with the A's when his contract was up was that he was given part ownership, very small amount of it, but part ownership of the A's. So he owns part of the A's. He will have to sell those shares to who knows who. Theo Epstein, the only next step that he can take in baseball is to be an owner. He's been a, he's been a vice president of baseball operations, been a general manager, blah, blah, blah. He, I guarantee you, he wants to be an owner. So... Who's a logical person who needs to take that job as VP Ops and also wants to own part of a team? Theo Epstein is a interesting person to maybe be in that position. Um, and obviously, he'll probably want to own more than just a small amount that what Billy Bean owns. So I'm assuming maybe, maybe John Fisher 
throws a couple of his shares in there too so that he can open a larger percentage. But it's a hot take, but um, it's not out completely out of the realms of reality. I think the other rumors are kind of people are speculating was like, <clears throat> I wouldn't be shocked if uh, Rob Manfred gets outed, even though he's done so much for the owners more than he has for the team. And like Theo becomes the next commissioner of baseball, which that'd be great. You have somebody who's pretty young and really understands organizations and stuff. But th- wouldn't that be, a, wouldn't that be kind of the flex of like, Oh yeah, you're losing Billy bean as your VP and somebody has been the more or less a face of the franchise for the last 20 years. And you're getting Theo Epstein. And if anything, I'd be pretty stoked because, hey, that guy knows how to break a curse or two. So. They were talking about it on Levitard. Like, he's probably the second most famous front office person in the history of sports. Obviously, behind Billy Bean because he had a fucking movie made about him. But Well, Pat Riley. Pat Riley was a well, he was already co- Yeah. That's, okay, strictly, strictly front office. Like, front office guys don't get a lot of spotlight. They're behind the scenes for a reason. Like... I mean, I, I definitely think that he's he's number two. Um, I, I think it's quite a distance, um, just strictly on the movie aspect. But, yeah, I mean, like, I, I would love to have Theo Epstein. If Billy Bean's going to go, which I don't want him to, I would want to have Theo Epstein because he'll – actually, maybe I would rather have Theo Epstein because he would actually win a playoff series. But, uh, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I love Billy Bean. I want him to win it for us. But, yeah, I mean – it probably won't happen, but it's not out of the realms of reality. That's that's the, what I'm trying to pitch. He's just going to take a year off, and then he's just going to sign up for uh, teaching. What's it called? Like a master. What's that one? Like master's class? Master class? Master class, yeah. He's just going to do a master class. How to on, run franchises? How to run franchises. Okay. But, dude, here's the, also the thing. Like, I get the, the, um, the speculation around him, like, potentially, like, being a general manager and Rob Manfred's out. But why – if you're the owners, why the fuck would you fire Rob Manfred? He's doing everything you ask him to do. Exactly. He's taking all the heat. No one's blaming the owners for this fucking debauchery of bullshit that they do the past few years. Like, he, he's the one – like, that. he does exactly what you need him to do. He negotiates um, very – strong on his side with against the players he takes the heat he you know it it is what it is what it is like why would you want to bring someone who's like an open-minded progressive um uh thinking uh person to run your franchise when that's not what you want to do like it makes no sense well that's just oakland ace baseball (laughs) or with oakland ace ownership more than anything (laughs) I mean, I think that's all baseball ownership. To be yeah, you're not wrong. You, but. You're not, well, except for, what's name? Steve Cohen now at the Mets. The, uh, God, I wish we had that guy. Yeah. Right. Yeah, he he might be the first um, one to kind of come in and start changing shit. And maybe maybe he'll start pissing some owners off and they'll start selling to guys like him. Because that's, that's so great for baseball. I'm so glad that Steve Cohen is, is uh, in here. All right, Julio. So you I'll, – I'll just let you get it out of the way. Yeah, so – Last but not least, uh, the Hall of Fame ballot for 2021 has been announced, and there's a lot of familiar names for us. First, we got, and we say this, I always say former Oakland great sarcastically. These are legitimately four Oakland greats. Uh, We've got, first and foremost, one of my favorite players ever, Barry Zito, along with his, his, the anchor of him in the rotation in the Moneyball early 2000s, Tim Hudson. And we got our two dudes from the 2006 
Oakland A's team that went to the playoffs and went to the ALCS, and Nick Swisher and Dan Heron. And followed along with our former Oakland A's greats, we have uh, Mark Burley, the World Series champ, multiple-time All-Star, he pitched Cy Young. Torrey Hunter, the outfielding god, multiple gold gloves out there. Dude, that guy, I don't think I've ever seen anybody rob more home runs than Torrey Hunter. That motherfucker was a human highlight reel in center field. Whenever I think about Torrey Hunter, um, I will always remember him robbing Barry Bonds at the All-Star game. In like 2000, (laughs) I think that was like 2001, 2002. And Barry Barry just like fucking massive, just like picks him up like nothing and messes with him. Dude, it was... It was a nightly occurrence on SportsCenter Top 10. He always was in there robbing someone. It was insane. Anyway, keep and going. Along with him, we have uh, AJ Burnett, World Series champ with the 2003 Florida Marlins. AJ Burnett. Or, yeah, or Florida Marlins, Miami Marlins. And I think he won with the Yankees. I could be wrong. Back in Yeah, in 2009. He was, I think he was the, the ace of that staff. Oh, no. CC was. But he was up. He was, he was, yeah. he was there. Yeah. And then uh, uh, Rick St- reliever extraordinary. Latroy Hawkins, has been around for a long time. Uh, Maris Ramirez, former Cub, multiple-time All-Star. And last but not least, the flying Hawaiian, Shane Victorino, World Series champ with the Philadelphia Phillies, as well as the Boston Red Sox. All right. Let me, let me pose this question to you, Julio, before we jump into it. Do any of these guys get in the Hall of Fame? No. Uh, not this year. I don't think any of them do ever. Maybe Mark Burley and Tim Hudson, and that's – Oh, and uh, Torrey Hunter. Hunter, actually. Torrey Hunter is probably the front runner. Mark Burley, maybe, probably not. Tim Hudson, maybe, probably not. That's it. Like, Nick Swisher, no. Shane Victorino, no. Barry Zito, I mean, the end of his career was bad. Yeah. I think that's what scarred everybody. Dan Heron, no. I mean, he had some good years with the Angels and the A's, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, um, so, like, in real talk, honestly – um, Adrian Burnett, Latroy Hawkins, Amaris Ramirez, and Dan Heron, and Nick <clears throat> Swisher will probably all be off the ballot next year. I don't think they're going to get enough votes. Um, no. Zito, and Hudson, Shane Victorino. Victorino, I think will get some votes to still be on there because of just the. Who's going to vote for Shane Victorino? What, a Phillies fan? Oh, of course, dude. And, oh, and Boston. Of course, you're going to have some somebody from the Boston Globe yeah. who's going to be a homer and put his name in there. Um, and that, but so yeah, it really comes down to if anybody's going to make it, it's going to be between Huddy Bueller, uh, Bueller, uh, Burley Ooh. and Tory Hunter. And the reality yeah. is I think the only one who's going to get is Tory Hunter. Yeah. I mean, and it, uh, he might not, he, it might be a while too. This might be a good year for Barry Bonds to sneak in because this, this ballot is so underwhelming that some of these strong headed, um, anti um steroid people like me um might like kind of think twice be like oh, i gotta vote someone in this year so maybe i'll throw a vote his way miss someone out too former not, minnesota but... twin michael goodire <laughs> he was a good outfielder in mvp baseball 2005 i used to yeah draft dude that, that, that was like the prime time for the the twins is that year uh, so yeah the full ballot for next year includes uh bobby abreu barry bonds Chris mentioned him. Roger Clemens, Todd Hilton, Andrew Jones, Jeff Kent, Andy Pettit, Manny Ramirez, Scott Rowland, Kurt Schilling, Gary Sheffield, Sammy Sosa, Omar Vizquel, Billy Wagner. 
So I mean, there are some good players in there. Yeah, it's that uh, that didn't take steroids. Yeah, this is gonna. It's this year was pretty. Scott Rowland, like, sorry, go ahead, Julio. Yeah, because twenty twenty they didn't have the actual ceremony, but or they're gonna have it next year. But the two inductees were um, Derek Jeter and Larry Walker, which yeah. like De- De- Larry Walker taking that long to get in was kind of ridiculous. So next well, year, steroids. Um. Let's just let's just play a game. Let's do our hypothetical ballot. If you had a also, your Hall of Fame ballot vote, what would it look like? Who would you put on there? So my automatics are Todd Helton, Scott Rowland. Um, I'm a little shocked that this is their second year even on the ballot. Um, Andrew Jones is another one. Sorry, I just saw him on there. And then ugh, maybe Gary Sheffield and Omar Vizquel. Omar Vizquel was not a good hitter, though. I mean, he was not a good. The hitter. argument with somebody like Omar, and it's going to be for. I mean, Tori Hunter was like a pretty badass hitter for a few years with the Twins and the Angels too. But he was. But I don't. I don't want to use one of my five votes on him. Up to five, right? Yeah. Um. But for Omar, like it's kind of like if. Maybe Manny. I don't know. If, if it's like if Ozzy Smith is in the Hall of Fame, Omar should. Because Ozzy Smith was never like Ozzy Smith is arguably the like the no not arguably he is the best defensive shortstop of all time. He's like a human highlight reel. Omar Vizquel was up he's up there, but I don't. I mean, here let's look up the stats right now because I remember Ozzy Smith at least always kind of like hit around like two seventy. Um, but he just, he could not hit a home run to like save his life, obviously, cause he was small and shortstop and that's not how the game was played back then. His lifetime batting average, 260. Yeah. He kind of like went up and down like one year, 250, one year, 280, one year, 300, one year, 270, one year, 250. Yeah. He's kind of all over the place, but he has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. He has 13, 12, 13 gold gloves. Omar has know. 11. Oh my. Omar is also um, a, a career 272 hitter. So he has a better average. And he, That's interesting. He was 123 hits away from 3,000. God, he played so long. Yeah. <laughs> he played till he was 45. Um, and to think, oh, to think too. I, look, I think the big argument for Omar and why people are going to um, try to make the push is like, it's the longevity. That's the reason why he was able to like pump up some bigger numbers. It's because he played for okay, eighty nine through twenty. Let's uh, let's let's uh, use the Stugats uh, 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 scale of if he, if he's a champion or not. How many rings does he have? Omar Vizquel has zero rings. Zero. Ozzie Smith, two. Hold on, my internet is. Uh, I think he has two. Very fast right now. He has. One eighty-two. The amount of one World Series. Hey, just saying. Oh shit! Ozzy Smith went to slow. I didn't realize that. Just saying. How many rings does Duncan have? Five. How many does the Shaq have? Four. Okay, the ring argument for baseball is bullshit. <laughs> that's the one sport no. where like there's that's <laughs> not a. I hate that argument for. Okay, so your <laughs> hypothetical. You have yeah. Scott Rowland. Okay. Who else do you have? 
So Scott Rowland, Todd Helton, and Andrew Jones are like locks for me. And I'm surprised that all three of those guys, I think this is their second year on the ballot. I'd have to see who was on the ballot last year. But like those three guys, in my opinion, are Hall of Famers. Like it's it's not even a question. And then I'm split. It's like Gary Sheffield is interesting, but he, you know, I don't know. Gary Sheffield, uh, did he have steroid issues? I don't, I can't remember. He did. He was on the Balco report. I think he was yeah. one of the people who actually yeah. did get busted. Whereas, like, yeah. Barry never officially got busted. I think. And I don't feel good. Like, I don't know if I want to use my other two, like, votes because I just don't feel good about voting for someone else. I actually, I might feel good about Tory Hunter. So, Tory Hunter will get my fourth. I don't know. I mean, I could be talked into Viscal, but I just don't. I'm not. I'm not on it right now. Well, who? What would yours be? Um, I'm gonna go. I'm um, Scott Rowland. Stuck Scott Rowland, yeah. dude. We're both again going back to MVP baseball days because it's just he's, gonna be an analogy. He's like he he's was like one of the best the defensive shit. third basemen of our era. Yeah, he's one of the best. On top defensive. of him hitting he three, hit three, three hundred. Yeah, I loved. Him. I just remember his swing. How, like how. As I can't describe that it, Cardinals but. team was so fucking good. I love that Cardinals team. Him, Pujols, fucking uh, Edgar Renteria, Larry Walker, Edgar Renteria, like Larry was Larry Walker on. Larry team? Walker was there. I uh, think he. I don't think he won a, that World mm. Series in 04. Oh, no, in 06, I think he was already retired. Um, yeah, but yeah, th- that that Cardinals team ruled, dude. So I have okay. Scott Rowland. I'm going to go as as big of a shit bag he is, Kurt Schilling. He's overdue. Mm-hmm. I hate it. Like we should. He deserved to be in. He was he was a great baseball player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and he was like one of the best postseason pitchers ever. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just going to go all asshole ballot, pretty much outside of the all asshole. Yeah. Ballot. So I got Scott Rowland. I got Kurt Schilling. I've got the man who actually has the most career, most home runs ever for a second baseman, Jeff Kent. Mm-hmm. Jeff Kent should have been in hell long. I know there's like a lot of, again, all asshole ballot. Got I think he's deserved for that alone. I don't think, if you look at every other position, whoever is the all time leader in home runs in that position is probably in, or will be in. Sorry, probably not. He only had like a few good seasons with the Giants, and that's kind of it. Like, yeah, but wasn't he pretty good at the at with the Astros? And then he had a one good year of the Astros. Yeah, I think he was like, oh no, he had two good years. I don't know. At five time yeah. All Star MVP, he is an MVP. Four yeah, times, yeah, and like MVP at second base, that's hell. Like that should give you a little bit of a push. He's the all time leader second base for home runs, really, over Joe Morgan. Yep. Wow, that's pretty shocking. Career three seventy seven. Um, yeah, look at that three seventy seven. And then you know what? Joe this because of how weak this ballot is. Fuck it, Bonds Clemens. Joe Morgan had two sixty eight. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, who was the last one? Sorry. Bonds and Clemens. My oh, argument always that's always right. been uh, uh, before they were juicing, there were already Hall of Famers. Well, okay. <laughs> Well, I was faithful to my wife for 20 years. Like, what do you want me to say? So I'm a good husband since I was faithful for 20 years. All right. I get it. But it should be honestly, this is a pretty weak ballot. 
Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and I know it's probably, the reality is it's probably just going to be like Scott Rowland. Yeah. Yeah. I would, and maybe Todd Helton. I mean, Todd Helton has 500 home runs, man. Like, Todd Helton has 500 home runs? Yeah. No shit. Hold on, I'm looking it up to be sure right now. I could be wrong. Maybe I'm thinking Larry Walker, the other. No, he does not have 500 home runs. He has 369. But, I mean, he was just a fucking stud, dude. Four-time gold glover, three-time gold glover, sorry. I mean... In 2000, the year 2000, <laughs> 42 home runs, 147 RBIs, 372 batting average, 463 OBP, 1.162 OPS. Stud. Absolute stud. Almost won the triple crown. So I'm looking at, uh, at like, let's see who won the triple crown. The Because I was reading who about won? it. They're like, yeah, these next few ballots are just going to be ass. It's like really. So hold on, hold on. He didn't win the triple crown because because Jeff Bagwell, Sammy Sosa, and Gary Sheffield had hope more home runs than him. Steroid users. Yeah. Just saying. Just saying. So d- did you figure out your fourth and fifth? Oh, and Barry Bonds, forty nine. Uh no, I don't want to I just don't want to use them. Actually, I'll give one to Tory Hunter. I'll give one to Tory Hunter, right. and that's it. I don't. I don't want to use my fifth. I don't feel good about it. Um, and this has been kind of a topic of conversation too, just like the, with a lot of the Hall of Fame talk. Uh, the next few years are going to be pretty crappy. Uh, twenty twenty two, Tim Lincecum, uh, David Ortiz, Tim Sun Jim, uh, David Ortiz. He's not going to get in because steroids. Jake David Peavy. Ortiz. David Ortiz will definitely get in, I feel like. Yeah, but he got popped for steroids twice. Did he? Yeah. I don't remember that. He's on TV. Everybody loves him. Oh, of course. Um, (laughs) A-Rod, he's not going to get it. He can go fuck himself. Yeah. Um, Jimmy Rollins? No, man. The end of his career was brutal. And then Mark Teixeira, which... mm. Maybe. Maybe Teixeira. Uh... 2023 gets a little. I wouldn't hate bit. that. Carlos Beltran, I think, should be getting in, but he's yeah, a part. He's getting in, but he was a part of the 2017 Astros, so I think a lot of people are going to hold that against him. I mean, he barely played. No, but he was like the supposedly like the ringleader in the clubhouse from the player side. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, and then like Houston Street, John Lackey, no. Matt Kane, like none of no. those guys are going to get in. No. And then 2024, this is when it gets tight. Adrian Beltre, uh, Joe Maurer. First ballot. Uh, Joe Maurer's first ballot, dude. I don't know, man. Six-time All-Star, five-time Silver Slugger, three-time Gold Glove winner, uh, all 15 seasons with the Twins, 2009 I think MVP. He's, I think he's in. I just don't think he's first ballot. I think because of how weak these classes are, I think he'll be in. Um, mm. And then David Wright. Yeah. Uh, Maybe. No. No. And then it's going to be like 2025. Uh, C- oh, 2025 is going to be tight. CC Sabathia. CC Sabathia? Oh, yeah. He's for sure in. Sabathia. You do when Ichiro gets in. That's going to be so tight. Ichiro, Ichiro's in that class too? 2025. It's going to be Ichiro Sabathia. They'll both be. Ichiro's probably oh. going to get like. 
he might get close to 100% of the vote. I think Sabathia would. No, Sabathia. Sabathia will. Ichiro, Ichiro, yeah, because also a lot of people, a lot of people, but baseball writers know, but a lot of people don't understand, like, Ichiro, his numbers, like, his, his career numbers, like, they're, like, whatever, but that's because he played eight seasons in Japan, and his Japan numbers are out of this world, too, dude. He had like, 3,000 hits when he didn't start in the U.S. until he was, like, 29 or 30. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, he, I mean, he's my, if he's on the ballot, he's the first person I, I'd mark. Um, um, yeah, 2001. Yeah. yeah, he was 28 already when he came to the States, and he, he got fucking 3,000 career hits. <laughs> um, we sound even more like Levitard now. We're just like we're talking about like '90s baseball, like or we're talking about 2000s baseball. But like you know how like they they like what gets them really going and like starts the conversations talking about '90s baseball. It's so random. We're yeah, um, it's gonna, right, it's Julio, gonna be a dry so, spell for a while. But we got great bef- baseball before now, we. So. Yeah, before we get to um the break and our guest, uh, you have you want to flex on a prediction that you had, so have at it. <laughs> That's right. Take my victory lap. Last episode, we did our award ceremony, uh, award ceremony picks. Or it was award ceremony. We did Cy Young and all this stuff. And but they hadn't announced an MVP yet. And it's down to the three. I correctly said Jose Abreu and Freddie Freeman both won MVP. And you know, I'm just gonna take a little jog, a virtual jog, in my apartment on that. Congrats. They both deserve this year. For dude, Jose Abreu's speech was play a victory song with the harp. Uh, and when you will kill me if I touch it. Um, <laughs> but like Jose Abreu, if you saw the clip, like he was super emotional, and he was just thinking yeah. about like his grandma and stuff. And of course, Freddie Freeman got like pretty, COVID pretty bad to see him come back the way he did this year. Both yeah. deserved it. Stud. Um, it's, but I think if anybody deserves it more, it's me because. I was right. Ho- Jose Abreu's been there, been on that team for a minute now too, and like he went through the dark days of that team. Yeah. So it's pretty cool for him to win an MVP and kind of lead them to playoff front. All right, cool. So let's uh, take a quick break, and we'll be right back with our very special guest, Jessica Kleinschmidt. You guys all know her; you're big fans, and she joins us to um, do some hot takes. Yeah. So um, stick around, and we'll be right back. All right, welcome back, everybody. Thank you for staying with us during the break. Um, like we said at the beginning of the episode, we have a very special guest this week. Um, a lot of A's fans should know her. You should see her on her coverage on NBC Sports Bay Area. She's a digital, digital writer, reporter, or writer. How would you? How would you but say? I, your job I do is? everything, Chris. So, she's a digital but, everything. Um, I'm a digital everything. She's also the co-host of uh, Corked Up with Rachel Luba and the host of Balk Talk. Um, oh, and the president of the Joey Votto fan club, you know, I Lunchman, the unofficial, unofficial, whatever you want to call it. I don't have a name tag yet, but I'm hoping that happens in the near future. But you have a license plate, so I think that's yeah. I feel like that's and that's actually that that was a gift of of mine from my one of my best friends who introduced me to the Joey Votto affinity, and she moved from California. Oh. She sold her car, and the first thing she wanted to do is make sure I got that and. <laughs> 
Makes me look kind of like a psycho, but it's fine. It could be like an official name tag if you did it like Flavor Flav style and got a chain and like wore it around all the That'd time. That'd be pretty like cool. Real That's actually swag. a really good point. But then I don't want to ever do the same thing that Flavor Flav did. <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong there. I, um, I don't have a response to that. I know. It's that good. <laughs> Welcome but, to the show. We're excited to have you. Um, to, to be honest, when we we start with this podcast, is only three months old. This is pretty much like yeah. a a COVID passion project. Chris has had his own pod for a while, um, and we knew eventually. We, most of the time, honestly, it's been our friends on here. It's just been friends from home. We're both of us were from Antioch. I mean, we uh, are a so, fan podcast, so it's like we try to yeah. drive it towards like the fan. Yeah. But we knew eventually we wanted to start getting you know, people that we know that we really like admire on the show. And you're like one of the first people I thought of. So not to like kiss your ass or anything, but that's the nuts. (laughs) I hope my mommy hears that. (laughs) Love that. We're just, we're both big fans of your Twitter. And honestly, I'm always out there. She's a good Twitter follow. You should follow her. She's funny and and interesting. (laughs) I'm always a fan of any Twitter account that will just dunk on people that deserve it. Uh-huh. And, and I, I would hit say it with facts too. It's not yeah. like I'm being rude. It's like read the damn article, y'all. I probably yeah, exactly. wrote what you said in the article. Or if they're talking crap about one of my boys, that's not okay either. So yeah, or it's a lot of sexist stuff too, but you know. Oh, it, oh god. Yeah. Um, so <sighs> the first thing we kind of want to ask you, um, and it's not I mean it's not an interview, so I don't want to say that that way, but so I know that a lot of journalists in sports like don't want to identify as like a fan because it's like unprofessional. Right. Um, you know, you're just a reporter or whatnot. Um, but would you consider yourself an A's fan? I also don't want to miss. Oh, yeah. No, I did. That's how I that's how I got okay. into it was I was just blogging because I was an A's fan. And yeah, then yeah. Um, it just kind of excelled from there. Now, as time went on, my coverage went outside of the A's. Of course, I covered the Giants and I, co- I covered baseball nationally. Um, but that's what you ultimately want, right? Would you rather re- read a blog of somebody who can identify with the fans? I want to know what the fans are wanting to consume as far as content because I am a fan myself. Like, what would I want to read about? Cool, yeah. we thought we were joking about war and slash lines. That's important for sure. But I want to talk to y'all about like how Marcus Simeon's feeling in the free mm-hmm. agency first one ever or you know not having Matt Chapman in the clubhouse that's huge or yeah what was the funny thing that Chris Davis said to Jonah Heim you know just stuff like that so you have to branch out from just the stuff but I think being a fan is why I am so passionate about what I do and it's it's just I have a unique perspective and I feel like that has a lot to come with coming from a fan which is and and I know it gets weird because you're like oh she's just a fan whatever but I have the work ethic and stuff to back it you know so it's not anything from that perspective but yeah I'm I'm, I'm definitely not only an ace fan but a huge baseball fan too so that helps so if you I mean since you're an ace fan you're obviously very familiar with the culture of the tailgate do you have an interesting tailgate story you could share with us and our and our listeners oh my gosh um yeah one time I got really drunk on tequila at a tailgate as all a's tailgaters do oh my gosh yeah and then i i can't all i remember is like sean doolittle being the bullpen and that's pretty much all i can tell you about that (laughs) night um but then like i i you know it was just it's always fun the tailgates are just fun and you know i I mean raiders tailgates are pretty fun too but 
I mean, they're like a different animal. Um, but the, oh, yeah, yeah so just stuff like that. Like I, I just, it's, it's always good. Like you see right filled will out there all the time and he always just makes me so happy. Um, so just, you know, having a beer, I'm, I can't do that lately. Cause every time I walk by the tailgates, I'm heading to an assignment. Yeah. So you're working. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's so, a little different now. But they'll offer me food and, you know, Brian always does it. He's always great about it. So it's just like, it just warms my heart. Get off Bart, see my people setting up for the tailgate at effing 10 o'clock in the morning for a three o'clock game yeah drinking mimosas as i head to the game so it's just it just that's when i know like okay cool it's like you're back at the coliseum and you're getting ready to cover a game that just makes me happy Julio, i think do you the want to, one do you want to tell her about the time that uh dallas brayden joined our team oh yeah so well, that's a very yeah dallas so thing. yeah it's a, this is a very dallas brayden but i was gonna say the one thing about like the tailgates and one of the reasons why we kind of chose this name for the show is like tailgates are very like very much like a family thing even if it's like and like family the sake of like the corny fast and furious family you know like people that you you know you don't know them outside of there like hey what's up you dab them up it's always a great time there but uh 2018 uh chris and i along with a few other friends we tailgated at the home opener it was like shohei otani's like first game as an angel so it was like a pretty like big one And Dallas was roaming around the parking lot with the NBC sports team. Yeah, he was and doing an like, assignment. That's right. Yeah, he was doing an assignment. So we're like, Dallas, yo, let's get a picture. And he got a picture with us. I'm like, hey, man, we're about to play some four banger. Do you want to play? And he was like, I can't. We almost yeah, couldn't trust me. We wish Dallas and I tried to like push so many things, so many things. Just because like, I'm like, I like to, I like to, I'm like a bro myself. Like I, I often forget like, oh, wait, you have to be a reporter and like, a journalist and like chill a little bit yeah. so i often to you know go on that line a little bit more but dallas and i get into some trouble so it's fun um okay cool awesome so let's uh let's talk about some a stuff so um you recently had marcus on your podcast marcus mm-hmm. simeon um talking about free agency a little bit it's mostly about like coaching with tyson ross and stuff like that but um I don't know. We, we were kind of like, we wanted to hear your opinion on this because if you would have asked us back in 2017, like would Marcus be one of the top free agents on the market? We would have told you you're out of your fucking mind. Like right. that guy was, you know, he's one of the worst shortstops in baseball. Yeah. Um, but something about him, like turning that around um, uh, and, and I think just his demeanor in general just made him become like such a important leader in the clubhouse. Um, what do you think it like that was that made him like, kind of like, do that and turn that around like was it just better play was it just like becoming a father like what what about him and his experience and his adventure to getting to where he is now made him such an impactful person in the clubhouse well ron washington for sure played a huge role in that and that was you know the coaching course stuff which is just part of that coaching stuff that he's doing now yeah Uh, but ron washington um you know the guy knows defense right and so that's why he was brought on because we saw something in Marcus Simeon. We knew he could be a very good shortstop. He ended up being a phenomenal shortstop. And so I think he just needed that confidence and, and to know when I did, I did talk to him about it. You guys obviously listened to the podcast, like having the A's behind him definitely was an ego boost, right? He's a Bay area guy, huge in Oakland. He makes his parents happy to know that he's an Oakland guy from that perspective. Um, But I think it was a confidence level for sure. Um, I, also think, I mean, I mean, I'm a former athlete myself and, you know, when, once you get past that bump, you're kind of unstoppable. And mm-hmm. then that's when the 747 plate appearances came in. That's when 162 starts. And that was a career goal of his. He told Melvin, I want to do this. 
And I think that's when, cause he got that, that bite, right? Ron Washington put it in, in, in him and it was beyond just the playing ability. I asked Marcus heading into the season, he was like off the field stuff, Ron helped me with too. And that that's beyond confidence, right? You mm-hmm. have to be like, just remind yourself that you're like, think about it, a good batting average in baseball, you're still effing up a good amount of time, but you're hitting 333, that's good. That means what? You're effing up quite a bit. So you could still, you have, you're going to have those 0 for 4 days quite a bit. And so I think you have to remind yourself to come back from that. So when you are struggling with hit, hitting and you don't have a good defense to back it up, it's probably going to be in a very dark place. Yeah. He was able to come back. And I think of all people, Washington, who just like doesn't give a shit. He's like, this is how you got to do. You got to get your shit together. Let me mm. teach you how. And I think he also, he made it complicated, but simple. Cause that's the kind of yeah. mentality I feel like Wash has. Um, so he went on, went on from that, but I think once you get that itch and you're good, you can't really be stopped. And he had that dip in 2020, but I think that's actually going to help him come back to the A's. Um, and I was, I was, from what I've heard, you know, there are teams that are interested in him to the point where there's actually a couple teams, maybe at least one team that's willing to shift their normal shortstop to accommodate Marcus Simeon. And he's fucking worth it, dude. <sighs> That's and think, what I, want to hear. <laughs> I know, but you got to remember yeah, yeah. next season, next off season, you got Corey Seager, Trevor Story, Carlos Correa, all these big names. And the Francisco, Lind- Francisco Lindor may not be with the Indians anymore. So maybe that might change a little bit. Um, imagine him going on that, um, you know, in that off season with that market, it might be interesting. I don't know. We don't know how this off season is going to play out in and of itself. It's an unprecedented season, but I can honestly tell you, um, you know, David Forrest himself, he was like from the moment that the entire season, he was very upfront with Marcus that they want to bring him back and yeah. him and Listella are guys that they want to bring back. And you have to, I mean, that, that defensive infield is stupid. Good. You can't break that up. And the last three seasons, you know, theoretically walking into the clubhouse this season, I didn't actually get it, get able to, it's the same guys, you know, mm-hmm. you got to see Canna again, Davis again, Chapman again, Olsen again. And those, that's not what you're used to with the A's. So yeah. they're, they need to build off of that in order to continue success. They, they broke the curse. They won a wild card game. Cool. We got that out of the way. And now it's like, would they want to continue building out that? And Marcus is hundred percent the core and that's just outside of the, of the game. Like he's a community member as well. And that's just important to build on this team that unfortunately a lot of people don't give a fuck about. So he, he's my favorite player. So hearing Mark Canna's remarks after the last game about his leadership, about his friendship, all he's that a stuff. Good man. It, like, a good man. It, it literally warmed my heart to yeah. hear that, especially it being your best friend. Like that's what you want to hear. Yeah. yeah. And or, like, or, you know, or favorite player. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. And like, so like Canna, Simeon, you know, and then Bob Melvin, they're like Bay area bros, man. And it's just like, that's the vibe I love. That's the, that's it, it is. It was, <laughs> I had, I had for the, for the listeners, I just did a hang loose and then she just did it back. But. I did it too. <laughs> um, but and that's like the thing I love. And like, I wish y'all could see what happens inside that clubhouse. It's like, I've been inside of many clubhouses before, but the A's is just, there's something special about that chemistry. It's just so weird. Just if you think about like the history over the last 20 years with Moneyball, with just all these different teams, the one thing that's really been, it's just been that clubhouse presence. Even if it's been diff- different managers, we've always had guys who just been very lighthearted, keeping things fun. And I, it's just Oakland. And that's what just Oakland does to people. Um, but honestly, yeah. Marcus, 
we were talking about it. Chris and I were texting each other earlier today because there was rumors about like the Reds looking for a shortstop. I just don't see him leaving the West Coast. I know like his Chris brought up like his wife has LA roots. I wouldn't be shocked if he like ends up on the angels as much as I hate it. It it's one of those things like as much as I hate it, it'd be nice to still see you around kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but it's, yeah, you bring up a really good point though, just about like next off season is going to be stacked. If he's going to go get paid, this is the time to do it. And the CPA is expiring. Like, like we saw like what the contract or what the negotiations were with this COVID season. Like we don't know what it's going to be. Yeah. And I mean, I hope to God we don't have that stupid runner on second rule again because I like my life. Like, like we're watching Shohei Otani walk out to second base, and I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like, what, <laughs> what is happening? But then, you know, and of course it was like they it was the the A's were the first team to do it, right? So yeah. you're sitting there like, what a joke. But then they kind of liked it. I mean, after a while, just because you were like, you can't say it's a joke because you want people to take this season seriously. And I'm kind of glad the Dodgers won just so it seemed like a normal season. Like, okay, they were supposed to win, right? Kind of deal. But um, so I'm hoping that's out of it. I don't mind the DH, but I'm hoping they announce it quickly because the the, the NL teams need to prepare for that. I hope, yeah, the DH is the one that sticks around, but I think it's like the quirk of the set runner on second. At first it's like, oh, this is cool. And then you're like, wait, this is kind of bullshit. Like, this is stupid. I'm just like... like, it's like the whole new strategy to it. Um, you already brought it up, but you've talked about like, you've been to the clothing house many times. You pretty much lived there during a non-COVID year. Yeah. This was the first time that really everybody had to go remote. Everybody was just on Zoom calls. Outside of the obvious thing of getting better internet, thanks to Xfinity, because company <laughs> gal, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, what was probably like the biggest adjustment you had to make throughout the season compared to what you had to do the previous season? Um, honestly, I was, I was honestly busier, um, just because I could do so many things from here. Cause I have two shows I'm on A's pre and post. Sometimes I'm the main A's reporter and I'm still doing like producer work for other, the rest of the Bay area teams. So for me, it was just like learning to say no a little bit more. Um, like, okay, you don't have to do everything. Um, but I do miss the connection too. And like, there's just things that I would be able to write in an article that I'd be like, oh, well, Chris Davis is playing with a tennis ball and he would shoot it in the, in the hoop with Sean Mania, just like little things that you could bring the reader into the clubhouse with you. I obviously couldn't do that. Um, but it also reminded, like taught me to ask better questions too, and like not be intimidated by certain people that I was on the beat with. Um, learning from them um, because we were all adjusting and um, everything like that but it also reminds me like the digital is the way to go you know like people are so obsessed with television but it's like you know we can only show so much on tv especially in these weird times where you know I do notice little things and I'm able to do that um, just from my view and I can sense a guy's um, body language if you will and and everything like that and more access actually so I could I could just dial into a Dusty Baker interview way better than having to run in heels across the damn field which is does not sound sexy because it's not um why don't you change your shoes Jess it's besides the point guys the, the point is <laughs> I have to run across to you know to the other clubhouse so I did like that that was really cool being able to cover the postseason and being like okay Mark Hanna, Matt Olson's interview's done. Let me go over to Dusty Baker. Where's the button? Where's the login? Um, you know, just stuff like that. So that was really, really cool. I really liked that aspect. Um, but I mean, 
everything I learned covering the game, I my routines that I throw out the window, but that's okay. Yeah. I mean, I've always done that. I'm very resilient and I'm able to adjust quickly. So we all had to do it. Like knowing that I was going through the same bullshit as Jeff Passan, like made me feel okay. Like, okay, cool. He has to watch this on zoom as well. So that helped, but um, I actually didn't mind it too much, except for I did. I just missed the field. I just missed like being at the game being in town you know and like just seeing the fans and then um getting to rub it in the fans faces that i had better access than them was kind of um be like remember you should follow on twitter everybody yeah i was like remember how you guys talk shit about me on twitter well i'm down here and you're up there so um and just like you know little things like that and i miss my friend like the people that i were finally networked and met amazing people I couldn't see them when they were in town and and that really sucked too and just being able to be up close and personal to Mike Trout was really cool and I can't do that and stuff and so little things like that but at the end of the day like I was safe I didn't I wasn't exposed to any of the players um and I think they felt good about that um but it just is what it is a lot of girl um, power on the beat too, which is badass. Just want to say. Oh my gosh. Yeah. One photo and it was just like all these women and Martin Gallegos. <laughs> Honorary member of the squad, Martin. He, um, is, he is our biggest ally and I shit you not. He's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. But when I was thinking of, you were talking about how like, you don't get kind of those like little details about like, oh, Katie playing hoops yeah. with a tennis ball. I felt like the most common thing that I was seeing across like, bunch of baseball writers is like yeah they were just in their hotel playing call of duty that was like oh weird that was like their team bonding thing or whatever i mean like like who isn't doing that during quarantine yeah (laughs) like Like work for three hours and then i'll just like jump on and it'll be the show right my thing is like oh i have the night off what am i gonna do and i walk out to the living room (laughs) cool especially now with everything shut down um Julio, should we jump into our segment? Yeah. So this can be a fun one. Uh, We've done this in the past. The segment it's called I've had a few beers, but we're going to do this Thanksgiving edition. Thanksgiving just passed first and foremost. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving, but you know, at a Thanksgiving dinner, you always have that one family member. Uncle. Or uncle. Is that a little bit too much? The aunt. Yeah. Is that a little bit too much to drink and just spew some shit. And you're like, all right. You need to chill out. Right. So normally what we do it is like when you're at, oh, you have that person's kind of drunk at the tailgate who's going to be like, Mark Hanna's going to hit 50 home runs a season. You're like, all right, dude, love that guy. I would would be drunk at Thanksgiving dinner saying Mark Hanna's going to hit 50 home runs. (laughs) So you would be, so you're Aunt Jessica. I'm Auntie Jess. I'm Auntie Jess. But like, it's, I'm the only liberal in my family. So I just, got it. like the third glass of wine hits and I'm just like, I think it's go time. So, so (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm ready to go. Here we go. Before the pie comes out, I would like to say something. No, I'm just kidding, (laughs) but it's fine. Cause everybody else is like in families and chilling. And I'm like, basically the girl lives out in California, got out of Reno and I get to cover sports. They all are envious of my life. (laughs) So of course I'm like the black sheep, but anyways, continue with the game. Give me more rules. Uh, that's it. I mean, it's just like, yep, that's it's, it for shit. Yeah. It's, just, it's just, you're at the tailgate. You go up to your uncle, Mike, he literally just takes a shot and he goes, Chris, wait, well, let me tell you something. All right. And then he just goes on with whatever his hot take is. So this one is spe- specific for free agency for off season. So we're going to okay. do your free agency. I've had a few beers and then your trade. 
I've had a few beers. So if you have some crazy trade that you want to propose. Oh, okay. So my free agency, I've had too many beers. Um, if you want to think about it, we one of us can go ahead. Yeah, you guys go ahead. Okay, because there's one I've had in my mind for like a couple months now, as soon as I saw it decline. Yeah, you okay. got very excited about it last night, so I'm very excited to hear you it. You know, guys, uh, I, I've had a few beers. I think this stuffing is starting to get to me, and I'm a little drunk off of a sweet potato casserole. But I think Corey Kluber has Oakland Avery all over him. <laughs> I don't Here's why. Here's why. He, he just got cut. Back-to-back injured seasons. I was going to say, is he a free agent? He, Yeah, they Jay, just the Rangers okay. nixed his contract. Back-to-back bad injury seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing a pitcher loves more than having a more or less rehab bounce-back season at the Coliseum. Historically, that's been a thing for as long as we've known. And I think that's a great addition. Mike Fires is going to be leaving. We just lost – or Mike Fires is – more than likely going to be leaving. Um, we just lost Mike Miner. Fuck it. Why not kick the tire? See if you can get somebody like Corey Kluber. I know. And I, and I agree. But like, I mean, the only reason why you've had too many beers is because it's like you want the A's to do that. <laughs> exactly. That's yeah, like- welcome to the segment. <laughs> <laughs> like you want them to do it so bad. Because it's like one of those, like like the drunk girl who's like saying all the honest shit. You're like, she makes a good point, but she's wasted. But she makes a good point. <laughs> But like she's always that girl, right? Like, so, so what? What makes Julio's take um, unrealistic? I don't think it's unrealistic at all, to be honest. Um, oh. The only reason why it'd be unrealistic is because like that's what we want to happen. Historically, it may not. Um, only because I mean, maybe because of where Kluber is in his career. Sure, why not? But I would. I've always prayed that the A's would like rent a guy, like a Dallas Keuchel for a season, mm. or and like just jump on in there, right? I mean. I mean, they're for the most part, Bob Melvin heading into the season was like, I'm stoked for this team. And they were stacked, mm-hmm. right? They had everything going for him. I just had Cliff Floyd on the podcast and he had A's going against the Dodgers in the World Series before mm-hmm. it started. And and that's because they had the right pitching and stuff. So the beautiful part about the A's, unless there's a lot of players eligible arbitrated, and like we know that, um, but the pitching is not that bad, right? I mean, like, think about it. If, like, Manaya and Montes are on it, because Montes could be a Cy Young Award winner if he really pushes it. So if you think about it from that perspective, why not have another veteran in there? Because you want to replace a Mike, Mike Fires who, I mean, he's had been able to get a job for the next decade with his secondary pitches. Why the fuck not? You throw in somebody else like that, Kluber, who actually has velocity still, why not? And I actually really love that. So- you are pretty sober to me. I, I hear what you're saying. I do. But I think this past playoff run kind of proved that we don't have that dog that just goes in game one and is like, I'm fucking winning this game for us. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I, offense, great. But I don't need your help because I'm going to fucking dominate this other team. But if we but don't you're, have that, and we drunk haven't if had you that. think the A's would actually go after a guy like that, they should. There, there should yeah, they're be- not going to get a Trevor Bauer. They're not going to get a Marcus Str- Well, Marcus Stroman just resigned, but we're not, we're not going to get one of those guys. They definitely will not get Marcus Stroman. That's no, for sure. But, um, but here's the thing though. Um, Susan Slester made a good point every now and then they, they, th- they did like a, like a John Lester scenario, a Jeff Samarja scenario. Scarred by so that. Like it doesn't always work out, but <laughs> Billy Butler the ideas there. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like they, I mean, I'm right there with you. My dream of dream of dream. This is me just as an A's fan, like go 
folds out, dude. I mean, you have everything there. You just need, because the bullpen might be good again. Liam Hendricks more than likely will not be with the A's, but you have Deekman, you have guys that they might, they may want to bring back because a lot of the A's could be high risk or high, low risk, high reward, but they see something in those bullpen guys. I don't know what the scouting department does, but they, they sense that, but you want, obviously, I mean, I remember back in the day when guys would pitch for nine innings, but you know, here we are. Um, It's just kind of one of those things. So I, I would love that. And I would love for them to make a splash like that. They need to, I mean, I feel like the A's would have gone far in a 162 game season too. So I would, I would absolutely adore that. So you're not as drunk as you think you are. I love that you said Frankie Montas for Cy Young because our very first episode, we did this segment too. And my, what my, my, I've had a few beers was I think Frankie Montas can win Cy Young. And like the first five starts, I felt like super confident about it. And then he got injured and just that was kind of it for no, him. he definitely was 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 in um discussions heading into the season and i mm-hmm. was i would i had everybody's back with that and like lazardo rookie of the year i don't think anybody would say that that was a hot take we even had hot takes and dallas braden said i, I needed to go to a mental hospital because i thought matt olson was going to hit 30 bombs but i'm sorry i had faith in a in 60 him. game season I mean, you might as well just give him the home run record if he's going to hit 30 bombs in 60 games. Um, I'm going to say what I told Dallas. I'm sorry that I have faith in my boy and y'all don't. (laughs) It didn't work out, but it it wasn't called soft takes. It wasn't called cold takes. It was called hot takes. And I came in with the fire. I... I I respect it. I'm just uh, I'm on the Stugatz like bandwagon where if 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 in a 60 game season you hit more than 30 home runs you should just get the home run record. Um, I agree. So have it. Do you have one or do you want me to go first? I have a free agent one, but I'm like hammered with this okay. one. Let's hear it. You're not that hammered. So this is literally I'm like not 11, like 11 shots in type. Of I thing. don't. I want to preface this with I haven't heard anything. Okay, but I like the idea of Trevor Bauer to the Giants. Um, that's me pretty hammered for a multitude of reasons okay the scoop here on this podcast she's reporting it uh, i am there is no scoop there is no scoop um i will say and this is on public record friends with his agent his i'm best friends with his agent thank you very much (laughs) get it right chris Um, get it right sorry i'm sorry actually is a giants fan that's just public knowledge so that's Mm -hmm. not anything bad you can easily write off of that well rachel lube is a giants fan um, so, and I was, uh, the reason why I brought this up is Mark Feinsand was, um, on my, on my podcast and he was like, and he made a good point. So think about it this way. The Dodgers and Padres pretty much going to own the NL West, but where are the Rockies and Diamondbacks going to be? Probably not that great. Right. So you're going to have that third place team with the giants again and look at, look how they're doing. Mike Yastrzemski still going to be hot. Alex Dickerson got to have an off season without rehabbing an injury for the first time. That's awesome. He knows the NL West and you have Buster Posey coming back may not be a game changer, but he's going to help some things out. So you want to throw somebody in there like Trevor Bauer, who may, if he wants to say, for instance, he just wants a one-year contract. That's a possibility, right? So he can make it interesting in the NL West and maybe after that season, go to perhaps the Padres, the Dodgers after that. But that third place team is going to be that team to piss a lot of teams off, right? They may not win the NOS. They probably won't. But like, fuck, like, let's fuck some shit up, you know? So that kind of deal. And might as well do it from a team that is a, a gorgeous 
park. I love covering Giants games. No offense. It's just like my favorite place. No, we get it. We're on that. We're on that train too. Yeah. So it, it, from that perspective, but you know, I mean, obviously the Dodgers are stacked from their farm system up. Like they just have this random 20 year old, just going to shove on the mound. You're like, where the fuck did this guy come from? But okay. Like, and just stuff like that. So I think it's going to be interesting, but that's my, I've had a lot of shots. He, he fits in so well culturally too. Just like he's such like a zany dude and he pretty well, much I would pick just, up like even when um they were shopping uh Bryce Harper a lot. Think about the yeah. content. Mm. You know, the Giants, I love them, but they're kind of vanilla, right? And yes. just from a content yes. perspective, you throw a Trevor Bauer in there in fucking Silicon Valley. Are you kidding? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. You're, he's gonna be doing droid commercials in no time. If you like, would be out there, you wouldn't believe. I, I've so, always like wondered what like Giants fans' affliction was for Hunter Pence, and it's like because he's the only person who's ever had like a slight personality who's played there. Like that's yeah. Well, but I mean, Brandon Belt's hilarious too. Brandon Crawford is. Buster Posey's really funny too. You just don't get to see it that much. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So that's my. All right, Chris. I take. Uh, well, mine doesn't feel I so hot it. anymore after that. Uh, Here, take. Go ahead and just take another. Take another swig. Yeah, gonna shoot it of my water. Okay, uh, I've had a few beers, but um, what's up with Rick Porcello? Um, he seems like he fits in with the Porcello. A's. Yeah, Rick Porcello. Oh, that's the Porcello. My Porcello. Oh, I might have. Yeah, stumbled that's what on... I said too. I was like, I don't know. I might have stumbled on my words. Rick Porcello, former Cy Young winner for hmm. the uh, Red Sox. What's been up with him lately? Because he feels like again, very much like like Julio's take he fits in perfectly with the A's a guy who's coming off a big contract doesn't hasn't necessarily played well the past couple years could use a big bounce back go to the Coliseum probably pay him 10 million which isn't too crazy yeah and I think he'd fit in perfect and it'd be like a one-year deal which we all know that the A's and David Force love throwing those one-year deals they don't want to commit to anything so I don't know yeah maybe it's maybe I'm not that drunk yet but uh I I think that's that hot but like no I dig it. I mean, like a lot like, of AL with... exposure. I don't hate you. Yeah. Know. Mm-hmm. Well, he was with the Mets, and just it was the Mets. Like the Mets are going to be awesome going forward with new ownership, but like Uncle Steve. this year was just the LOL Mets again. Yeah, I dig yeah. it. Not a bad suggestion, but I'm not gonna lie, that's kind of like a buzzkill. I know. You no, know, Chris, you did. Uh, you did good, son. I don't. I don't have a good trade though. I couldn't think of a good trade. Oh well. Let me tell right, you. Let's see if you can make up make it make up for it with this. I hear Blake Snell might be on the move pretty soon. I <laughs> oh, here we go. There he is. The A's are there the perfect destination for this guy. So oh let's my look gosh, at his contract I would love it. So he is not up until 2023. This year he makes 11 million dollars. That's pretty cheap for one of the best Only pitchers in all of baseball. Down. Okay. All 13 million dollars. Right. Yeah, I have a little black book I write I notes love in. It. Um, He's been writing Chris Snell on there too. Yes. Um, you can't read it because I wrote it in black. Um. $13 million in 2022, $16 million in 2023. In 2023, there's an argument to be made that the A's front office might be like, fuck it, we're out. Like, we haven't gotten any success, so let's just trade everybody. Let's pull a 2014 and let's just, like, fucking trade the farm. You could probably find a suitor for Blake Snell in 2023 if yeah. that is the case. So here's my I, but So do you think the farm system will be better by then? No, but you would have to re- right you would now have to, really sucks. You would have to restock the farm system by trading guys like Matt Chapman, Matt Olson, okay, Blake the, Snell. I'm not, I'm not doing this. I'm not. The show's it. over. I mean, it's. I'm just trying to play in the real world. I just. Um, I'm gonna get my clubhouse back, and you're gonna take that shit away from me. I don't. That 
they have a history of doing it. What do you want me to say? Hey, I'm a realist. I'm also I mean, a little bit. I'm also pretty drunk, clearly. Yeah, um, I'm ordering uh, you an Uber. <laughs> um. So what is one deficiency that the Rays have? I looked it up. So they have Mike Zanini, a catcher. He only played 30 games last season. He hasn't exactly played the best in the past few years. And then they have. He's not a, he's not a bad catcher, though. He's just. It's, he's Mike Zanino, right? But they have like a good young team. So wouldn't you want to stock up and try and get like a catcher? Don't you say it. Future? Don't you say it. Tyler Sotostorm. Austin okay, Allen. Oh, no, no. Definitely not Sean Murphy. Get the fuck out of here. I was like, dude, I'm like, I'm this. I'm like, I'm done with you, man. No, that's, I, that's, he, that's if he stopped drinking and went to the drugs. It's <laughs> like, let's not go there. Um. Anyway, Tyler Soderstorm, uh, Austin Allen, Grant Holmes, and Dalton Jeffries. So you get two young pitchers. No, and no, you get no, no, no. Dalton's potential. my baby. No, 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 get, no, 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 no. I mean, but you have to intrigue them something with something. So you get two catchers just in case one of them doesn't work out. Who says no? Who says no? Who says no? Who says no? I'm really, this is why I don't play this game because I am upset. <laughs> You're playing I with hit feelings you, now. I hit you right in the fields. Well, I'm just going to have Grant and Dalton on Bob Talk soon, and I have to tell this to them. I'm like, do y'all think you're worth getting like a Blake Snell? <laughs> I would, I mean, they should say yes. Uh, Did I just upset you even more? <laughs> the, oh, okay, so yes, I love me some Blake Snell. He's great if uh, managers keep him in the fucking game. Can you not tell them that what? I said that, please, Sorry. actually, by the way? Um, but he once offered a fan chicken tenders or got chicken tenders from a fan for a ball which immediately I'm like, yeah, give them the, give them all the farm system. That's the kind of guy I need in Oakland. Cause if mama wants a chicken tender. Yeah. I'm going to share it with Blake Snell, you know, that's it. That's I all I got. It. Oh yeah. Cool. I, uh, yeah. Why not? Fuck it. If you're going to go all mean? in, why not? Why? That's yeah. Just... Why not? <laughs> no. Yeah. But it, yeah, it's just like, it's not, it's not within their characteristics as it should be. It's just, you know. All right. There's a possibility. You're going to hate this one then. If that was too spicy. Please don't tell Dalton I said that. I'm going to tell Dalton. <laughs> if you do tell, make sure to say Chris Magical from the Town Tailgate podcast. Yeah, I'll like on plug Apple, it. Spotify, like, YouTube. No, it's funny. So my podcast this morning was Shameless one of Dalton's plug. best friends. They played college ball together. I think they played college ball together. And so Dalton was already on the podcast and the guy was like, you're probably our biggest guest on the podcast. And I, they've had Dalton Jeffries. And I was like, I hope you tell Dalton that I'm a bigger guest than him. <laughs> Cause I know. All right. Need that I'm, <laughs> I've been drinking wine. Um, yeah, at a tailgate uh, I, loser. It, no, at the, at the wine in a dinner red solo club I'm drinking. I've I'm drinking beer. I've been drinking everything. Okay. And I might go outside and see if one of the young kids has a cigarette or a vape that I might hit. Oh my gosh. But if Marcus Simeon leaves, a vape. if Marcus leaves, you already brought up, this is a core that like, we got to win this shit now or they're all gone. Try to get Lindor. Oh, I knew, I knew you were going to go with that one, dude. I and really, so what, would, up. what would you, what would you do? AJ Puck. Oh. I would give AJ Puck, uh, Austin Beck, and probably another pitcher, maybe even a major league pitcher like 
Mania to get one year she's of Lindor right now. Yeah, she's like she's had it. <laughs> one year of Lindor to just say, you know, we're going all in. I feel like you're giving up too much for him. He's only got one year like, left. I on feel his like Mania is a little much. Yeah. Because so I feel like Lindor maybe a couple seasons ago, sure, for yeah. sure. I but I feel like with remember that big that really big, and I'm not saying this is a bad idea. I'm, I'm just like kind of analyzing it. But remember, Lindor once is probably going to be maybe. I mean, maybe not though. Chris, think about it. If if Lindor is on the trading block right now, people are going to be biting at him. You're going to probably want to give like ask the overselling price, right? Like a house. Does that make sense? If so like, oh, the- we'll put Mania. Well, oh, that makes me sad. No, if, if he's on the trade, I know. Then, then he, then I feel like we can get him for cheaper. You know, the guys wear trying- Hawaiian shirts when when Sean Mania starts. The guys all oh, wear Hawaiian. Do shirts. they really? Yes. God damn it! Now I'm gonna wear a Hawaiian shirt every time he starts. That's my mother told me that. That's like the cutest thing I've ever heard. Julio, so like shit, Julio, because we're not gonna have that anymore. <laughs> Julio, we gotta wear, we have to wear Hawaiian shirts. Next, I know. Next episode, uh, one of our friends has like an A's Hawaiian shirt, and I feel like now I need to buy it. You absolutely every... do. I like really, I desperately want to marry a man and have him old enough to buy Tommy Bahama stuff just so he could wear Hawaiian shirts <laughs> to games. And then you can. Go I guess you don't the... have to be old to do that. I'm just gonna. Maybe I'll just wear. Yeah, one I mean, what do you? Yeah, what do you have to be old for that? <laughs> I mean, don't. I just feel like it's like when I walk by Tommy Bahama, I feel like I'm like. I'm going to marry a guy one day and we're going to go shopping in that. But when I'm like 60, I feel like I just want to wait. It's something I want to look forward to. You know? I work and then at work. We have Hawaiian shirt days all the time. It's like, okay, on Friday, everybody make sure you wear a, well, you're a 60 shirt. year old man. Then I, I like to pretend I am sometimes, Hey, sometimes 60 year old men have, have some have pretty like nice lives. I'm like, bro. Like, yeah, okay. yeah exactly. Like the day I turned 30, I woke up and I had back pain. I was like, that's what I tell my friends. Like once you turn 30, I'm like, you just wake up like something hurts and your metabolism's like, like i don't know why no bitch <laughs> yeah <laughs> cool <laughs> so lindor made 17 million dollars this year he's gonna probably make eh, probably about that this year i don't know if he's on the block like i don't feel like and that's only that Marcus much leaves. if he's on the block that's like shopping the- him they're trying to get rid of him so they're gonna take- even a, a replacement for marcus would like it's it's not difficult. People mentioned Andrew and Jolton Simmons could be a really great replacement for Marcus yeah. Simeon. And I feel like the Angels and the A's like have that bond where they're constantly talking. I mean, yeah. if, if you're able to get Listella, like you want to get somebody to even that out with him. Cause I feel like Listella has a really good chance of coming back to the A's and he just he got along with the team so well. Um, so you want to build around that. But I mean, no matter what you do, Marcus Simeon's irreplaceable, like just from dynamics from that perspective and he was the team leader you know the player advocate and and i'm just i hate this game <laughs> yeah the more that we're doing this the more that you're actually like bringing in like the i'm drinking the, like, emotion behind it favorite flavored white cloth that's how upset i am right you're now. like making us you're like i feel like a bad person now like yeah it doesn't make me feel i'm sorry good. everybody that's that's why oh. i get upset is because like i i know the players outside of the game in certain ways you know it's like yeah. no it's just a game like it's that what that one scene from wedding crashers where he's like he's like we lost a lot of good men out there she's like playing for the yankees that's what it is like trades and stuff like they break your heart man you know 
Do you have one? If you don't want to do it at this point. I, I, I no, I'm not playing this game. You know why? Because I want to, I want to, I'm going to do the asshole thing and be like, I hope they all stay. <laughs> you're like the, you're like the preschool kid who like just got cheated out of a game and you're just upset and you just want to go sit. Yeah. And like, not participate. no. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I'm um, taking my ball and I'm going home. I'm, all right. Well, okay. So you're not going to do one. Is that, is that, you, I'm you're just gonna not going to participate in this <laughs> game well thank you for participating in our game that we call this podcast we really appreciate it again thanks for being our first like big ticket host i guess our first verified guest that's yeah. a good way to put it that's, so that's instead of on the earlier thing the earlier <laughs> so so we i guess um colin thoreau and um dalton are not verified on twitter but i am oh that's interesting well i mean they are minor league players I mean, they have more major league experience than I do. So, well, playing, of course. So we. we I mean, have but a, you're also a, go ahead. Followed go ahead. by you know Elmo himself, Jeff Passan, though, right? That's true. I'm not followed by a Jeff Passan. Jeff, God damn it! What's? Thanks for that. So we have this game. I'm ready to just make the night worse. <laughs> we have this thing that we do for this podcast where we, anytime a former A's player comes on, Julio calls him a former Oakland great. So you're going to be our current Oakland great. You'll be the first Aww, one in the Hall of Fame. Thanks, guys. Um, so that's going to do it. Thank you for joining, Jessica. And hopefully we can stay in touch and uh, we'll see how Dalton feels about my take coming up. Yeah, we'll see. And make sure you guys are following me on Twitter at JD. Follow Bach Talk and Corked Up. Corked Up's going to have amazing things happening for spring training and i'm looking forward to that and instagram jessica kleinschmidt nice all right that was pretty awesome julio um Thank you again, everybody, for joining us and listening and following our podcast. Please do not forget, if this is the first time listening, to subscribe. We talk baseball and specifically A's baseball, um, but baseball in general. Um, in the offseason, every couple weeks, during the season, every week. Um, thank you again, Jessica, for uh, joining us. Um, don't forget to check out all of her stuff, her her written stuff on NBCSportsBayArea.com, um, her podcast, Bok Talk, and Corked Up with Rachel Luba. Um, and we got another uh, podcast coming in a couple weeks after the winter meetings, right, Julio? That's right. Winter meetings will be coming up starting next Monday, the first time in MLB history that winter meetings will be virtual. We're going to be talking about the moves that were made or were not made uh, in the next episode a couple weeks. And you know what, Chris? I love the winter meetings. It's always just Christmas comes a little bit early every winter meetings, whether it's a good Christmas gift or not. Hopefully our gift will be Marcus Simeon to back to the A's. Yes, please. (laughs) Thanks again, everybody. And uh, we'll see you next time. Peace. Let's go Oakland. The Town Tailgate is an independently produced podcast. It is written and executive produced by this guy, Chris Madrigal, <laughs> and my partner in crime, Julio Reynoso. It is sound mixed and edited by yours truly. Social media management and marketing is run by, once again, my partner, Julio Reynoso. And a special thanks and shout out to my brother, Larry Madrigal, for composing and producing our theme song, as well as graphic designing our album cover and artwork. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. 
Please tune in next week. Please subscribe. And last but not least, as we always say, let's go Oakland.